This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. It's good to be with you tonight. I thank Apostle Theo and Pastor Pev for the opportunity to share the word, to break bread with you tonight and uh, to speak on one of the most important subjects as a Christian, which is faith. We can't live without it. God says you can't live without, or the just shall live by faith. You'll be saved by faith. The fact that you are here tonight is a demonstration of your faith. So you are people of faith. And as we continue to talk about foundations, all that that's going to do is it's going to help strengthen the, uh, the superstructure of your Christian life. And I love the fact that we've gone back into the foundations because really the gospel is so simple, but it can be complicated by things that happen around us. Although we're gonna see tonight that if we just do what God says, great things can happen in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight that as we come together to continue on dealing with foundations, these things that are so important to you, Father, as we look at, at faith and, and who we are in you and what we can accomplish because of faith and because of your word, I thank you that there is great revelation that will come tonight into the hearts of every person that would hear that these words of life, these seeds of life as they're planted in the hearts of people, all of us tonight, that they will produce a harvest even for years to come as we have your word being cemented deep within our hearts. I thank you, Father, for faith that will rise because that's what your word says. So it has to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say that with me. Say, faith is coming tonight. So last week, Apostle Johnny started off foundations and he spoke about the substance, or he spoke about where faith comes from. Do you remember that scripture that we said, not once, not twice, not three times, not four times? Come on, let me hear you say the scripture in Hebrews 10, 17. What does it say? Faith of God. That's how Apostle Johnny did it. So next time when you say it at home, you need to do this. It will increase your faith. If you, as this would do here. But you know, so that's the way that it is. The only way that faith comes is by hearing the word. There's no other way that it comes. In fact, a few weeks ago, Pastor Greg concluded a series that we began called the Holy Bible. How many of you remember that series, the Holy Bible? And in the last uh, part, Pastor Greg spoke about seven reasons why the Bible can be trusted. How many of you heard that message? And I mean, it was pretty awesome, right? The facts that he shared with us on how and why we can trust the Bible, they were amazing. And I mean, they were astounding. The one with the whole five rand coin and, uh, you know, so many and the, the chances, the probability of, of all of these prophecies coming true, were, it was really powerful. But here's the thing. Those facts don't produce faith. As much as what they, what they do is they encourage us to trust the Word and they give us confidence in the Word of God. But to hear those facts don't produce faith. The only way that faith comes is by hearing the Word of God. And so that's something that we actually have to meditate on very often because so quickly it can leak out and we forget that the most obvious thing, faith comes by hearing. So the more you hear in the word, the more faith is coming, the more we grow in our faith. And so tonight I wanna continue on in that vein. I wanna talk to you about 
uh, uh, faith giving substance to what it is that you hope for. So Hebrews 11.1 1 is our, our foundation scripture for tonight. And it says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, everything starts with hope. But it's only through the Word of God that we can give life to that hope, that we can make that hope come to life, that we can have it manifest basically in our lives. And so God is telling us exactly what Bible faith is. In Hebrews 11, 1, it says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, faith is Substance, it's tangible. It gives realness to the thing that you are hoping for. The Moffat's translation says this about Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, now faith means that we are confident of what we hope for. And we are convinced of what we do not see. That's what faith is. It gets us to the point where we are convinced of having the thing that we don't see. Another translation reads it like this, faith is giving substance to things hoped for. So it gives life to the thing that you're hoping for. It's not just an idea. It brings it into this realm. In fact, um, uh, we could say it like this, faith brings those things into your life. So let me talk to you tonight about five points concerning faith giving substance, giving some sort of tangibility to the thing that you are hoping for to make it real in your life. The first thing is that there is uh, something called human faith and there is something called Bible faith. Or we could say human faith versus Bible faith. We need to understand that there are many kinds of faith. For example, everyone has a natural human faith, whether you are saved or not saved, whether you go to church or not, we all have a natural kind of faith. But in Hebrews 11:1, 1, God is talking about a scriptural faith, a Bible faith. Can you say that? Say Bible faith. Bible faith is believing. Bible faith is believing with your heart. It's not a mental thing, it's believing with your heart. And there is a vast difference between believing with your heart and just believing what your physical senses may be telling you. Bible faith, listen here, is laying hold of the unseen realm of hope and bringing it into the realm of reality. It's a very powerful thing, it's supernatural. And Bible faith grows out of the word of God. That's the only way we're gonna get it. Another translation of, a he, of Hebrews 11, one says, faith is the warranty deed. The thing for which you have fondly hoped for is at last yours because of faith. For example, you hope for finances to meet a financial obligation that you have to pay. Faith gives you the assurance that you'll have the money when you need it. That's what faith does. It gives you the assurance. If you really are in Bible faith, you have the insurance. Uh, the assurance, I will have money when I need to pay this. Why? Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith will say about itself everything that the Word says. Why? Because faith in God is faith in the Word. 
And it would be a wonderful thing if everybody, if all folks could learn and act upon that, including myself. Then every blessing that God has made available to us will become ours if we just operate in this realm and continuously be mindful to do so. The second thing, so firstly, human faith versus Bible faith. The second thing is proving God's word by acting on his word. That's a giant step of faith to sometimes do. So you may say uh, that you know that God's word is good, but you'll never really know that God's word is good until you've acted on it and you've reaped the results of it. And so we have to do that. We have to take these leaps of faith. That's what faith is. Faith is proving God's word by acting on it. Faith is giving substance to the things hoped for. So let's say you're, you're hoping for a job, for example, and you've seen in God's word that it's, it's God's desire for us to be productive. It's his desire for us to work. It's his will for us to work and earn an income. And there are, there are many scriptures along those lines, but let's say you come across 2 Thessalonians 3.10 and it says this in that verse. It says, those unwilling to work will not eat. Now, it sounds almost like a bit of a negative scripture, but what that is saying is God is saying that if you're willing to work, then that's what you need to do in order to sustain yourself. And so why would God put that in the Bible if giving you work to do isn't something that he would be prepared to do? And so you take that scripture and in your heart it sort of explodes and you believe, you know what, Lord, you're saying that, and I'm willing to work, I'm willing to work. So I am gonna be able to eat because your word says that I'll be able to if I'm willing to work. And so you go before the Lord, you pray and you ask God for a job and now you're believing that you are employed. What about getting dressed in the morning as if you were going to work? Begin behaving as if you are employed. Your faith in God's word will give substance to that which you are hoping for. You begin to say as you're getting dressed in the morning, Father, I thank you, I'm employed. Yesterday I prayed or whenever it was, I prayed your word says that I should work. If I'm not working, I'm not eating, I'm willing to work. I believe I received it when I prayed, whenever that was, and I thank you. And you're busy getting dressed for work and you're declaring that you are employed. And you do that day after day after day. That is acting out the word of God. That's proving God's word by acting on it. And your faith will continue to grow to the point where the believing in your heart happens. The Bible says, whoever shall say to this mountain, it goes on to say that we should hold fast to our confession of faith. So speaking is such an important aspect of faith. And so by acting on God's word, your faith gives substance to what you're hoping for. And in this example, it's being employed and earning an income. You see, a lot of folks just hope and they stop right there. But that's not faith, that's hope. There's a difference. Hope won't bring substance. Only faith will bring substance. And also faith will bring you to where, yes, okay. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope doesn't have any substance, but faith gives substance to hope. Can you say that? Say faith gives substance. It gives life to hope. Someone might say, well, I hope God heard my prayer. 
But if that's all that you're doing is hoping, you won't receive an answer for your petition because it is faith that moves God. It's not hope that does that. Hope is important. It's the starting point, but it's not the point that will produce for you. Hope isn't what causes God to hear your prayer. Faith is. If faith can give substance, um, if you are only hoping, there'll be no answer to your prayer. However, your faith will give substance to your hope. In fact, faith will give answers to your prayers. Remember, hope says this, I will have the answer to my petition sometime. There's no solid knowing in that. But faith says, I have the answer to my petition now. And so as you're getting dressed in the morning, you're not getting dressed because one day you're gonna be employed. No, you're getting dressed because you are employed. That's what faith does. Years ago, when I was still in high school, in our cell group, it was cell group's home church back in those days, in our group, we had a gentleman, his name was Lionel. Lionel uh, was never married, but he desired to be married. And he saw in the word that it was God's will for him to be married, that he should not be alone. And there's many scriptures in the word that talk about being married and, and how good it is. And so he brought his request before the Lord and he prayed for a wife. And what he would do is on Wednesday nights when we would meet, when Lionel came, he would sit on uh, you know, his seat and no one was allowed to sit next to him because his wife was sitting there. And I, I don't know if my folks are here, but uh, they would remember that. And, and, and so, uh, you know, Lionel would come in, he would introduce us to his wife and she would sit there and, and we would play along. I say play along, but I mean, what we were doing is we were just banding together and being in agreement with him. It was a good environment for him to do this in. And so even when cell was finished and we, you know, we were offering tea and coffee, we would ask her, what would you like to drink? Would you like some cake? And so I can tell you today that Lionel has been married happily for many, many years. You know, so that's a practical way to, to put or, or to prove God's word by acting on it. Just be in the right environment, okay? And so uh, John Wesley said that the devil has given the church a substitute for faith that looks and sounds so much like faith, but many people can't tell the difference. And he called it mental assent. And that's the third point, mental assent versus heart faith. For example, many people see what God's word says and they agree mentally that God's word is true, but they're just agreeing with their minds. Mental agreement with the word is not what gets the job done. It's heart faith. And the more Lionel did this, the more convinced he was that he had a wife that he could see and touch and feel and kiss and stuff. That's why the Bible says in Romans 10.10, for with the heart man believes. We have to believe with the heart. Jesus talks about believing with the heart in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. It says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Notice that the Bible never said one word about doubting in one's head. You can have doubt in your head and still have faith in your heart. God's concerned about what happens in the heart. 
but it is believing in your heart that will cause you to receive from God. Well, people ask, how can I tell the difference, Paul? How can I tell if I have faith in my, in my heart, whether I'm just believing mentally in my head? Well, let me, let me help you with that. Mental ascent says, I know God's word is true, but then why don't I have the answer to my petition? That's what mental ascent says. It's like you acknowledge his word is true, but it hasn't quite sunk in yet. Whereas real faith in God's word says, if God's word said it, then that's the way that it is. The promise is mine, I have it now. That's the difference between mental ascent and faith of the heart. Faith always says, I have it, even though I can't see it. Notice what the text says. It says, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Back in Hebrews 11.1, 1. someone might say, well, yes, but the thing uh, that I've been praying about, I don't see it. It hasn't come to pass yet. But if you already had it, you wouldn't have to believe it. You would know it then. In order to come to that place of knowing, you have to take that step of believing without seeing based only on your faith in the integrity of God's word. When we believe God's word without seeing anything manifested in the natural realm, then what we are believing for materializes. So it takes work. It's a fight of faith. Are you with me? I know when I speak it like this, it sounds like, oh, well, that's all I have to do is just pretend I have a wife next to me and it's gonna be done. No, this took time, but he eventually got to the point where he was fully persuaded. And one night we offered her real cake, real coffee, and she really drank it and ate it. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. I did not say this. God said this. He's saying, if you believe you receive it when you pray, you shall have it. Pastor Johnny spoke about us bringing things to God's remembrance. This is a great scripture to bring to God's remembrance as you stand in faith. Notice that having faith, or that having comes after believing. Most folks want to turn that around and they want to have first and then believe. But in common everyday language, Jesus was saying that you have to believe you have your petition before you get it. When I act in faith on God's word, instead of acting on what I feel or see, results will come. But if you're gonna sit around and you're gonna groan and sigh and gripe and complain and wait for something to come to you, then you're never gonna get very far in faith. That's what real Bible faith is. If you believe you have a job, then you're not sleeping till who knows what time in the afternoon. If you believe you're, you have a job, you're not lazing around the house. No, you're waking up early, you're getting dressed and you're acting as if you're going to work. Walk out the front door if you have to and then you can walk back a little bit later. But the point is, when you begin to do that, I promise you, it's you're having to convince your heart, folks. That's what you have to do. That's what faith is doing. The fourth thing concerning faith giving substance and realness to that which we are hoping for is that we have to believe what the Bible says and not what our senses tell us. And I think this is probably the biggest part of the battle. If you're gonna wait until you detect that every symptom 
if it's healing, has gone or every circumstance in your life is corresponding with your faith and everything is fine before you're gonna start believing God, then you're all out of order and you're out of line with the word and you're never gonna get very far in faith. You can't wait for the circumstances to look like they're coming in line. Faith doesn't worry about those sorts of things. You see, the trouble is that so many people are like doubting Thomas. I mean, this is one of Jesus' disciples. He said in John 20, 25, I'll not believe until I can see him and put my finger in the print of his hands and thrust my hand into the wound in his side. He wouldn't believe otherwise. And then when Jesus appeared to his disciples and Thomas saw Jesus, he exclaimed, my Lord, my God. Did Jesus praise Thomas for his lack of faith? No, this is what he said in verse 29 of John chapter 10. Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. In other words, Thomas didn't believe in Jesus' resurrection by faith as you and I believe in it. He believed because he saw Jesus with his physical eyes. He relied completely on his senses. But we believe in Jesus' resurrection. Why? Because the word of God says Jesus was raised from the dead. Isn't that so? This is where many people miss it in the area of faith without even realizing it. They say, I believe in divine healing because so-and-so got healed. But that is not Bible faith. I don't believe in healing because someone else got healed. I believe in healing because the word of God says that healing belongs to me. That's what Bible faith is. I don't believe in speaking in tongues because someone, uh, I heard people speaking in tongues. No, I believe in the baptism of, of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues because the word of God teaches it. I would still believe it, even if I never heard anyone speaking in tongues. That's what Bible faith is. I believe what the Bible says, not what I see and hear. My faith is not, what it, is not in what I can see and what I can hear and feel, or even what people are telling me around me, or what letters in the mail are saying. My faith is based on what God says. You see, when we develop our faith to the place where we believe what the Word says, regardless of circumstances or physical symptoms, then we are believing the right thing, and that's what brings the results. Thomas said, I will not believe until I see. And Jesus said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet they have believed. Those who believe what the word of God says, apart from what they see or feel with their physical senses, are the ones who are blessed. God considers you to be blessed when you believe without having to see anything First. And coming back to that job, if you believe God that you're employed and there's no contract, you're not sitting at a physical company somewhere, no one's given you a call, God says you are blessed. If we look at Romans chapter 4, verses 17, we'll see there it talks about Abraham. 
And it says this in verse 17, as it is written, I made thee the father of many nations. God gave him that promise, right? And it goes on and, and it says in verse 18, Abraham who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be, verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promises or the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Can you see the difference between uh, uh, Thomas's faith and Abraham's faith? Thomas's faith was mere human faith. Abraham didn't consider his body. He didn't consider his circumstances. All he did was believe God's word. That's what we should be doing. So many people consider the things, uh, wrong things instead of considering God's promise in his word. And sometimes, as I say to you, it can be difficult. I'm not saying that it's easy. But if you push yourself, if you are determined to believe what God's word says over and above what it is that you are facing, and you make a point of doing your utmost to keep your eyes on his word, proclaim his word and act as if his word is true, God's the one that has to live up to the other end of that promise. One time I was trusting God to tithe a certain amount of money. I created a false checkbook. In those days we had checkbooks. I created a false checkbook. I had it bound with glue on the side. I tried to make it look as much like my EPSA checkbook as I could. And on every single check, I wrote the scriptures down that I was standing on believing God for this amount that I would tithe. And every day I would write out my tithe to Christian Family Church and I would write out, it was 2,000 rand. I could tell you that much. It was a long time ago. But I would write 2,000 rand and zero cents to Christian Family Church. And I would put it in an envelope and that's, it would just go in my drawer, okay? But the point is, that's what I did every single day. And then one night when I took out my real checkbook and I was writing out my tithe check, I wrote it out for that amount without even thinking twice about it. And it became evident to me, wow, I was so convinced in my heart, I didn't even think twice. It wasn't even, okay, you're not in faith now, Paul, this is really so. And I wrote out the check. And it dawned on me, wow, this is, it's happened. Anyhow, those days have come and gone and praise God. Uh, you know, we were, we were tithing that amount. It came to that point where we were doing that and, and it's quadruple, quadrupled past that <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Anyhow, but that's another practical way of demonstrating what you believe without going to buy that car when you're not really in a position to do so. Are you with me? Why don't you just pretend you're buying that car and do that sort of thing to get it to drop in your heart. I'm just giving you some practical ways to do that. The fifth one is keep looking at the word. Again, Pastor Johnny spoke about that this morning when he said, what is in a verse? The seven things that he shared with us. We have to keep looking at the word. Say that with me. I have to keep looking at the word. God says in Proverbs 4.20, he says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the, in the midst of thine heart. For they, talking about God's word, are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. God says, don't let them depart from your eyes. 
you have to keep looking at the word. But Paul, I, I still don't believe that I, it does, doesn't feel to me. Then you just keep looking at the word. The longer you expose yourself to it, the more it is going to become real in your heart. You're gonna get to that point where you know in your heart. You have to just keep pushing on with that. The reason many folks fail is because they get ready to fail. They already see themselves failing. Notice again what it says, let my words not depart from before your eyes. If you know what God's word says, for example, in Psalm 35 verse 27, God takes pleasure in my prosperity. Then if that word does not depart from your eyes, you are bound to see yourself being successful in your life. You're bound to see yourself earning that income, being able to buy those clothes and that food, going to that ATM and withdrawing that cash. If you keep it in the midst of your eyes, if the word doesn't depart from your eyes, you're bound to see yourself prospering. And if you're not seeing yourself getting ahead in life, then that word has departed from before your eyes. No problem, I just put it back in front of me. God never said, well, if you fail in your faith, you only have one shot. You can never pick it up from there again. No, now faith is every day. Now faith is. You, if, it, if, you, if you mess up, uh, if you speak negatively, if you, if you fall, it's okay. Now faith is. You just pick it up right there and you continue on with that. Keep looking at what the Word says. You see, so many folks are looking at themselves and at the conditions and at the symptoms. If, God were, if God's word assures you that he heard and answers your prayer, then if that word doesn't depart from your eyes, you are going to see yourself with the thing that you prayed for. That's faith in God's word. When you see yourself with the answer based on God's word, that's when you know that your faith is solidly based on the word of God. Mark eleven twenty four. what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. You've got to believe you've got the answer before you get it. That's the requirement. Someone might say to me, you know what, Paul, I'm not gonna believe anything that I can't see. But even in the natural realm, folks, we believe a lot of things that we can't see. For example, in World War II, when the radioactive materials were loosed into the atmosphere due to the bombs exploding, the whole world became concerned about something they couldn't see. You can't see or feel radioactivity, but you can definitely see and feel the results of radioactivity. It's a destructive power. Also, scientists believe in many things that they can't necessarily see, but just as people became alarmed about the unseen radioactivity in this world and believed it even though they could not see or feel it, we should believe in the power of God even though we can't see or feel it. So that we can do like it says in Hebrews 13, 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do to me. God says we should boldly say he's your helper. He's your helper when you need a job. He's your helper when you need healing. He's your helper when you need a wife or a husband. He's your helper when you need your children to be saved. He's your helper when you need that family member delivered. He's your helper. He says you should boldly say that. So we should boldly declare what we believe God has done for us. Our feelings must have nothing to do with it. So quit saying the wrong things and start saying the right things. Say, the Lord is my helper. 
Is He? Oh yeah, let's say it. Say, the Lord is my helper. Say, the Lord is my healer. Say, the Lord is my job provider. God has given us His Word to get our thinking straightened out so that we won't be ignorant and so that our believing will be right. If God says that He'll supply every need of yours, then He does it. If He says that He is the strength of your life, then He isn't. In other words, real faith in God simply says about oneself what the Word says. And in closing, if you're hanging out with people who are continually negative, and that's why you find yourself being negative, here's an idea, get into a group with like-minded people. We have groups available here at Christian Family Church. Get into an environment of like-minded people where you can, like Lionel, begin to declare what God has done for you in the midst of folks that are going to stand in agreement with you. I can just check singles groups popping up everywhere. But come to groups, get involved with groups, speak with people who will agree with you. You need agreement. And you need an environment where you can freely operate in faith the way that God wants you to. Romans 10, 17, faith, come on, say it with me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Lord has laid it on my heart for people who are trusting God for employment, for us to come into agreement with you. And so the pastors are are standing ready. And and if you're out there, and don't don't come right now, just the pastors are coming to the front, uh, to the front, excuse me. But if you're out there and you're trusting God for employment or be it an, uh, uh, what do you call it? A promotion or an increase, something to do, but specifically for employment, I want you to listen to the scripture. As our pastors who are staying in the front, they're gonna come in agreement with you. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19. He says, again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching, that talks about concerning, not physically touching things, but concerning anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. I'm gonna read the scripture again, Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching or concerning anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. So as you come and stand with our pastors here and come into agreement, just as it says in Matthew 18, 19, You've heard uh, Pastor John even talking about, oh, whenever you come for prayer, we ask, what scripture are you standing on? That's what gives substance to the thing that you're hoping for. That's why we ask the question. So here is your substance, here is your proof, here is the thing that will give reality to the thing that you're trusting for. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything or concerning anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. So right now, I invite you to come to the front. Come and stand with the pastors. Come into agreement with them. And Jesus said, it shall be done for you. Praise God. Come on, folks. Get up. Get to the front. Allow God to work a miracle in your life. Praise God.
thank you so much, Father, for being so faithful. I believe that there are many people in this room tonight that have received a job, that have received a promotion, that have received their increase, that have received the very thing that they came to the front and trusted God for. And, and I encourage you folks to get Apostle Theo's books. He has so many testimonies of how he maintained his position of faith. Hold fast to your confession, the Bible says. So I encourage you, you keep thanking God. How many are getting dressed tomorrow morning like you are employed in Jesus' Name? You're, you're behaving like you have a job. Your mind is thinking along those lines. You're seeing it happen. You're speaking it every day. Read those books, read Apostle Theo's books, see what he did. Replicate that, imitate that. Put your faith into action. Declare it. No matter what happens around you, you stand firm. And God will stand firm to His promise in the name of Jesus. We give God all the praise, honor, and glory for what He has done tonight. I'm going to ask you to uh, bow your heads, please, and, and close your eyes. You know, there's, there's something else that requires our faith which will determine where you spend eternity. And I spoke about it tonight. Jesus said that we are blessed for believing that He died on the cross and He was risen on the third day. He calls us blessed. Thomas said he wouldn't believe until he saw it with his own eyes. But tonight you can believe and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior without Him having to physically be here. In fact, I know that there are people here tonight that have never given their lives to Jesus. So I wanna give you that opportunity to receive Him. If you're here tonight and you've never done that before, I wanna pray with you. If you're here tonight and, and, and you were at a time, you were close to God and, and you recognize so many things that I spoke about just with regards to your relationship with God and, and your faith was right up there, but things have changed and you, there's been this divide that has been created in your relationship with God and, and you're not even sure that you're in a relationship with God and you wanna come back to Him, I wanna include you in this prayer tonight. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's a sure thing. That's what's gonna happen. So if you wanna come back into relationship with God, if you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you wanna be sure that you'll spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, then I'm gonna ask you at the count of three to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand and I'm gonna pray with you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you at the back there. Thank you, I see your hands. If there's anybody else, here's my appeal to you. Don't leave this building tonight without knowing for sure where you'll spend eternity. If there's anyone else, you can raise your hand right now. For those of you at home that are watching or wherever you're watching from, you can raise your hand wherever you're at. If you're listening to this in your car, you can raise your hand, keep one on the wheel. You can raise your other hand as a demonstration of you reaching out to God to say, I believe that Jesus died for me and I wanna give my life to Him. If there's anyone else, you can raise your hand, I'm gonna pray. Someone is coming to put their hand on your shoulder just as, a, just as to encourage you and to stand in faith together with you. And then I'm gonna lead you in the simple prayer that I quoted. And I'm gonna ask you, listen to the words. In fact, everybody, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. Listen to what you're saying. Your life's about to change forever. Let's all say this, say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you 
for sending your son Jesus to die for me. He went to hell in my place. He was punished for the wrongs that I did. And I believe that He was risen from the dead, that He is the Son of God. And I surrender my life to you right now. I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. And thank you for giving me a new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.